Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio, where we believe you shouldn't just trade time for money, that insurance companies are the enemy, and that the power of recurring revenue working for you with a gym on top of your clinic is the best way to empower you to live the life you've dreamt of. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I am joined today by an amazing business na- businessman, uh, Rick Mayo. Rick, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you, Josh? I'm doing well, Rick. Now, Rick is the founder and CEO and, you know, uh, head, uh, head cheese over there at Alloy Training Systems. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And Alloy is a, if you know the history, it's an amazing company, but uh, Rick, can you kind of take, give people a little snapshot of your past so they understand where you're coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So we opened our original club in 1992 when I was, uh, I opened it as a, a college student, just sort of paying my way through school and you know, opened a gym because I was doing personal training, you know, in various locations, environments, homes, and random gyms, that type of thing. And uh, sort of came up with a harebrained idea that, wow, if we could uh, put these ideas and concepts into four walls, you know, we could really control the customer experience around essentially this, this coaching idea, right? And so, listen, there was no internet or any way to really connect um, at that time. So I, I think I lay claim to being one of the first only personal training dedicated facilities, but I could be wrong, but no one will know because there was no internet then. So it's hard to say, but, uh, you know, fast forward several years later and, uh, we hit the industry and the market at the right time. And personal training became a legitimate, uh, service and a business and our business grew and grew. And, you know, and now we're in about 8,000 feet and, uh, offer a whole variety of services. You know, we've got therapy clinic, we have dietary services with a dietitian and do lots of personal training, um, as well as, you know, about five years ago, we parlayed our business systems into a licensure. So we've got some 800 plus clubs worldwide running our business structure play for selling and servicing coaching services or personal training essentially would be the layman's term for it. So yeah, it's um, kind of gone from this little grassroots college project to uh, this big worldwide business. And um, well, you know, I, I got to say, congratulations! Interesting ride. I got to say, congratulations because so many trainers and so many coaches never break out, and they never um, get to a place where they're not just working uh, the world's worst hours of a job. Right? Early morning, right. take a break, middle of the day, get back to it when you you know in the in the afternoons and evenings. So you've done it right, Rick. And that's, that's the reason everybody I want to have Rick on is because Rick did something that I, I, I think is great for everybody adding a gym onto their clinic to do, but treat this like a true business and you'll be amazed at what you can do with the training business. So that's what I want to talk about today, Rick, if you, if you don't mind. So no, going, I think it's a great message. So I can't wait to dig in. Good. So going back Let's take everybody back to that. That um, I met you a few years ago, but when you had what was known as North Point Fitness back then, um, this was a a, uh, a smaller training gym, right? So originally, what was your square footage? When we originally opened, we were in fifteen hundred feet. 
So that is the size of, say, one retail bay. And I know they vary in size, but a good average would be around 1,500 feet when we first open. Very cool. And I think a lot of a lot of the doctors listening here are probably in, you know, somewhere between 15 and 2,500 for their clinic, you know, some of them even smaller than that. So they, they'll be familiar with that. And it grew from there into how big was, was your next step? Um, we went from 1,500 to 3,000 to then 4,500 to now 8,000. So wow. just sort of... You know, and again, we've been open for 25 years. So those were, you know, probably every three to four years we were expanding a little bit more. Yeah. And when we say training gyms, just so everybody's on the same page, this is a gym, not where there's just equipment where everybody can show up and use it as they please. This is, I'm going there for, to have either directed coach one-on-one with me or a small group of four people roughly and, or a large group of more than four. Um, and you have direct supervision, right? Correct. So there's really four distinct levels of coaching. The first one is a pretty low barrier and that's what we, you know, you could actually call that virtual coaching. So, you know, we use an app or we have an app that we've developed and we can bring people in, do a detailed technical scientific assessment of some sort and then giving them a, give them a meaningful program on the back end and they simply do that on their own so that's the first layer of training and if they live close enough to our gym you know they can come in and use the gym as their own right um, but we also do that virtually so we've got clients from all over the world who we just program for so first level and the lowest barrier price wise then we move to the large group um, you know that's say 20 plus people and that would be sort of I think the layman's term would be like the boot camp or that kind of large group style. And you see a lot of brands in that space right now. We call it team training. That would be like an Orange Theory, a CrossFit. Those all kind of fit into that large group training in our mind market, if you will. They're all kind of doing that. So this is somewhere between the next layer. This is somewhere between eight and sometimes 20 people, eight to 20 people in a class. Really, it's 20 plus. Is okay, the way that wow. we look at that product. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and well, and, and yeah, it allows you to come in at that, you know, typical $100, $200 price point, somewhere in between there. And if you can get to that 20 person threshold, there is a formula for square foot per person. So let me take a step back and, and we'll talk about that first. So when you're doing functional based training, the formula is 75 square feet per person. So you know, those of you guys that have clinics that are saying, well, how much space do I need? And I'm thinking I want to run this type of product. This would be good in my market. That's your formula. And so if you say, okay, 75 square feet per person, great. Um, then you say, well, what kind of pricing structure would I like to have? You know, do I want it to be simple and do an unlimited pricing structure, which would mean just one flat price, come as much as you want, which is what a lot of the other studio brands in your markets are doing. And they're doing it between that $100 and $200 price point. Well, to be able to do that, if you put these numbers onto a performa, it will, it will spit back at you that you need at least 1,500 square feet, which is that 20-person threshold. So you can certainly train groups smaller than that, and we'll talk about that. But if you want to do a simple, unlimited model and run a large training type of format, you need to have 1,500 square feet of usable space so that you can put 20 people in there. So that might be 17 to 1800 when you, now you've put the boxes in there, you put the racks in there, you put the, all the things that take up space on the gym floor. We get to that 1500 of usable space. Correct. Okay. So you said there's virtual, then there's large group. And then what's the next step up in, in uh, price point and service level? Yeah. And this one would be very interesting for any of you clinicians there that 
guys that are trying to do things with your patient base or sort of parlaying your specialty into a coaching model. And this is what we call small groups, sometimes referred to in industry speak as semi-private. And for us, that can go anywhere from two to six people. And we really consider this affordable personal training. So now we're moving into rates that are somewhere between $40 to $50 per session. And when I say session, you know, I'm, I'm still talking about a, a one-hour session roughly, you know, give or take a few minutes here or there. But we're able to now service a one-hour personal training session for $40 to $50 by putting people into small groups. And we're able to service them at the same level that we would a one-on-one -on -one client, meaning if there's corrective work or they do have some spinal issues or something like that, those can be addressed. Whereas in the large club format or the team training that we spoke about before, not so much, right? You can maybe build a program that's for a specific level of client, but once they show up, it's really difficult to, you know, sort of pander to every single individual client's issues in a, in a group that size. So when you get down to that six and below, it feels like personal training, it's smaller, it's more intimate, and then you're now able to really work with all levels of clients regardless of injury or fitness level. So I might have small groups that focus on old male broken golfers, and I could have small groups that focus on kind of uh, high performance endurance athletes but in that setting, I'm able to tweak and coach a lot more rather than just saying, here's the workout, keep up as best as you can. Exactly. And, and honestly, Josh, in that setting, you could have both of those scenarios. So when I look at our, that's about 90% of our revenue because we're in a higher income area. So it supports more of a personal training price point. We do have a lot of golfers in our area um, and we have our therapy clinic, you know, in the facility. So for us, we do tend to attract people that are maybe a little longer in the tooth and a little bit digged up. And, they're, and they like us because we're one of the few facilities that doesn't just drop the hammer and run one hard metabolic training session for everyone. One size fits all. We're able to modify it. And in those groups of four to six, you will see a wide array of ages, fitness levels, sports. I mean, you name it. And we're able to scale and customize the workouts as long as we keep the groups at six or less, we're able to do that. Very cool. So I, I want to kind of, I have some questions already in my mind, but let's finish this out. So we have the virtual, then we have large group, then we have small group you just spoke of. And what's the fourth group or fourth level of training? The fourth would be, yeah, great question. And the fourth would be the familiar one-on-one -on -one or private personal training, right? And that's one coach, one client. And we sell that at a premium. So again, that's going to be at the market rate for one-on-one -on -one training, um, which in our market is going to be 85 or so dollars an hour. So we really have four distinct price points and each price point is a different product. The prescription is the same. So when someone comes to the club, it's like, here's what we need you to do. And then depending on their price threshold, we're able to either prescribe something for them to do on their own, guide them to the right large group, right? Based on their level of fitness. Um, put them in a two to four and do essentially affordable personal training. They just have to share the cost of the trainer or put them into a one-on-one -on -one setting if that's what they would like. And we're essentially doing the same programming. They just want it applied in a one-on-one -on -one setting. So those are the four distinct levels of training that we offer at our facility. Now, uh, how do I say this? You were the first person that ever kind of, I had an assumption I was going into that business with, which was that one-on-one -on -one is the goal of what you want to drive. But you shook up my little Etch-a-Sketch and my snow globe and made me think differently. <laughs> what's the, what's the, the business side? What's the best offering out of those four? I think there's, there's really two options, right? There's the large group. The large group is a lower overall gross revenue. Obviously, it's at a lower price point. 
but there's a very high net profit, right? Because you have one coach coaching lots of people. So, now, so it keeps it, payroll our, fairly low. That keeps payroll fairly low. Now, what I will say, and especially to the crowd that's listening to this podcast, is it does take us farther away from being the technicians and the coaches that are able to service people with injuries and things like that, it becomes more of, and we hate to use the, the C word, right? But it becomes more of a class, if you will, which is kind of a dirty word, right? We're trying to sell coaching and training, not classes, because I can get those at the YMCA for free type of idea, right? So it does feel more like that. So I think really the, the scalable model that would be a great bolt on to a clinic setting is to grab that 1500 feet, that extra retail space that might be next to you or what have you, and put in this, you know, again, four to six person personal training that's affordable for the client, but still in a personal training setting, you're able to then accommodate whatever injuries or whatnot that they may have um, with integrity, but you're still able to really scale that business. And it's wildly profitable. If you think about having six people in a group, all paying, you know, say $50 an hour or $40 an hour, you're at a $250 or $300 an hour um, you know, revenue for you as the owner. And honestly, if you have great business systems in place and you own your own product, you're able to pay a coach, you know, a reasonable rate. I mean, a great rate on that revenue in my market would be a 30 to $40 max. So that's a pretty good net on that hour. Um, and you're offering what essentially is a product that would marry up really well to a therapy-based clinic, if that makes sense. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. And now we're talking about 1500 square feet and I'm just doing some rough math here. You're saying 75 square feet per person gives me four people in 300 square feet. So you could have multiple small groups going on at the same time, right? Correct. And, and you kind of need to at your peak hours, right? Cause I'm, there's uh, you can't look at the day and think, okay, every hour is the same in a gym. Typically there's more valuable hours and less valuable hours. Correct. Yeah. So how many classes in a 1500 square foot space, how many classes could, would you suggest in say a morning schedule? Well, let's say it was in our market. I mean, we're busy from like most gyms that are in the burbs, you know, we're going to be busy from say 5 a.m., 5, 6 a.m. until around 11. And then we're going to pick up again at about four and stay busy till about eight. So if you were looking to just build an initial schedule, that's where I would start. I might go 5 to 11 in the morning, not have it staffed in the afternoon since it's normally going to be a bolt-on to the clinic anyway, right? And then have a, you know, like a 4 to 7 or a 4 to 8 schedule in the evening. Fantastic. You know, the, the best part about that from a clinician's uh, standpoint too is your business is making money before normal clinic hours and your business is making money after normal clinic hours. And oh, by the way, a lot of people go to the gym on weekends and most clinics are closed on the weekends. So that same space is serving multiple purposes. Right. Yeah, 100%. And, and listen, if you set it up right, it could be such an, an amazing, you know, back scratching business that would perfectly align with, with the message of, of going to get therapy of any kind. I mean, and that's why I like for this model, I really like that smaller model a little bit higher touch um, so that you can then carry over some of the philosophies of your therapy into the training, which in that large group setting, you can do it, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult to do. Yeah. Well, can you kind of dive into some, maybe give everybody a couple tips if they're going after that small group training and they have no reference point. I mean, you were really the one that educated me on this. So from the basic level, what are some points that you think are important for people to consider if they're going to add that service on? Yeah, absolutely. So, I would look at my market rates for personal training. And so when you start 
Because a lot of, you know, that a pricing is always the first question that we get. Like, how do I price this thing? And when you go to price this small group training, as we call it, um, look at what the market rate for 30-minute individual training is for your market. And that's where we're going to start. So if you're, if you're in a market where the average rate for personal training is $40 a session for 30 minutes of personal, one-on-one personal training, that's where we're going to start with the small group pricing. Now, the differentiator there, you might ask, well, why would we charge the same thing that you would for one-on-one training? But remember, we're giving them more time, right? So people are proving already in that market that they'll pay $40 a half hour for coaching. So then you can say, great, you know, we charge the same, but we give going to give you more time because there's more things that, than, that we need to solve than 30 minutes will allow. So we're going to give you more time, but they're already proving in that market that the, that price is bearable, right? So we'll start there. And then the next pointer would be to charge monthly for a certain predetermined number of sessions. So instead of saying, okay, buy a 10 pack, which is sort of the old school way of selling coaching, we would say, okay, we have three ways that you can purchase this training. One time a week, two times a week, or three times a week. And just keep it very, very simple. So great, I want one, two, or three times a week. And then we might uh, offer a discount for volume, which was the thing that we did a long time ago when we sold packages of training. So an example would be, if your market rate for one half hour personal training was $40, you may come in and say, okay, for $45 a session, right? Four times a month is blank, right? $179. Great. And then you would say for eight times, we'll take it to 40, which is the market rate. And for 12 times, which is three times a week, we'll take it all the way down to 35 a session. And so you could offer three packages with a, a unit cost discount. So a per session discount, even though we're selling it monthly based on the frequency of the visits. And those are billed monthly on an EFT, so a draft basis. So we go back to like what you mentioned early, Josh, where we don't have to you know, service every single dollar that walks in um, to get paid that day, right? This is something that's ongoing, reoccurring income that is on a draft from you know the client's credit card or checking account. So yeah, now I want to put those it, are the big two. There's a million pointers, but those are the big two that I would suggest. That's how you price it, and that's how I would structure that pricing. Now I, I'd love you to have to comment on this because I know you changed your business model, but a lot of people, it's hard to describe how freeing recurring revenue is in a business, right? But I always say that. 30 grand of refer, of recurring revenue is about the equivalent of 50 grand of, you know, eat what you kill. I mean, it's when you know it's coming in and you can plan off it and you can breathe easy and you can project your cash flow, it changes the way you operate as a business owner, as a service provider and as a person in general. Did did you feel that when you made that change? Yeah, 100%. I mean, listen, we've been in the game a long time. We did 10 years of high volume one-on-one training selling packages, right? Selling packages of five, 10, 20. And then clients would say, well, can I buy a package of 50? Or I'm going to be here a while. Can I buy a hundred sessions? And if I'm going to buy a hundred, can I sort of finance them, so to speak, which started to look a little bit like monthly billing. And so we just sort of went through this natural progression into monthly billing. And I can distinctly remember moving to that structure and just feeling amazing in midsummer or whatever, you know, when, when our clients would typically take vacation to know that I had this steady monthly income. Then we could start to set better key performance indicators or KPIs. We could look at loss rate. So, you know, a KPI around retention, and it wouldn't be these windfalls of cash flow. Like January, obviously, in fitness business for, you know, New Year's resolutions would be huge, and we do 
you know, $170,000 that month. And then the middle of, middle of the summer, we might do $50,000, right? So these wild swings in revenue when we were selling based on sessions went away and we had this nice steady income that was predictable. And like you mentioned, Josh, we could budget around it, set KPIs around it. And it literally changed our entire business. That's fantastic. Now to get that. uh, So I always say that one of the greatest parts of this model is it's incredibly synergistic with the clinic and the gym. And I think you kind of touched on that. But what I also think is when you have that professional license and it's kind of providing that umbrella effect to all the pricing going on in there, I think that a lot of our clinicians, if they're truly training their people, so this is where it's a business, you could say management or inspiration, they have to be have a clear line of communication. They're doing weekly trainings with their trainers. But if they do that, I am without a doubt think they can be at the high end of the market or even a little higher than the high end of the market because they're providing something that is so different than what most people are used to. Yeah, so, I agree 100%. So, good. you know, to comment on your first comment, which is the the team meetings, that is a, a hard structure for anyone for our club. And it's been the most impactful change that we've made as far as culturally. And then we, you know, if we're building a performance for another club, say you've got 30 clubs or something, a big health club chain, we have to build in the cost of the trainer meeting because it's that important. So you have to do weekly meetings. And if you do that, you can, if you control your product, you can upskill your guys and you can be the place that the people go to in your community if they are golfers or if they have a, you know back issues or shoulder problems. And there's really no one servicing that. Everyone wants to, you know, all these new fitness franchises that are coming to market, they got a lot of powerful messaging and whatnot, but they're all chasing the, the fire breathing, super fit people, right? There's not anybody really out there other than the one-on-one clinics that are really servicing that clientele and doing it at an affordable price in a group setting. So it would really be a great differentiator for anyone who owns a clinic for sure. I hope everybody just picked up on what just happened there. In one sentence, you have a guy that has literally traveled the country and heck, internationally, seen what all the offerings are and say there's a huge potential for this market that essentially a clinic is already halfway integrated into, right? I mean, you already have those people walking through their your door and they already have a relationship with you. So that's, you know, it's it's just so easy to add that gym on. Well, and, and you understand this, Josh, you're very progressive in your, in your thinking as a therapist and, and a clinician that it's just part of the service. I mean, I think there's no one listening to this that doesn't understand that being healthy and having some type of fitness program at, at some capacity is not going to help you as a as a practitioner, right? And it's a help your job. I mean, you're you're prescribing it, you're recommending it. If you had a place right next door where you could say, hey, here you go, like, hey, you've graduated, you're pain free for now, but it's not going to last unless you do these things. I mean, I can't think of a better synergistic uh, a business approach. I mean, it, there's not. And this blending has been happening. It's been coming on for a while. Guys like you and you see some other progressive guys in the industry. I mean, we've had a, a therapy clinic in our facility since we opened because I believe so strongly in the connection between the two. And it gives us a, a very strong, legitimate feel to the type of clientele that we're attracting. So, I mean, to me, it's the biggest no-brainer for anyone that owns a clinic. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, everybody listening to this call, I'm sure would agree that the best long-term care, I'm going to put that in air quotes, is not regular treatments. It's really great exercise. Being led by somebody who knows what they're doing. And the clients that do exercise are just better patients to deal with. Their recovery time's faster. They appreciate the care that you're giving them much more because they see how well it impacts them. And everybody, every clinician I know, their nightmare scenario is somebody with a chronic injury that doesn't want to get off the couch. And so if we're going to basically 
provide a place for those best, our best patients to stay with us for the entire year and pay us a little bit of money. But also we get to see them. We get to hear their stories. We get to interact with them and find out about their kids' graduation. And, you know, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect scenario. Yeah. I mean, what better testimonial for you as an individual or probably why you got into the industry in the first place, right? The, the intrinsic motivation that brought you to this place then to be able to take them from that journey from in pain to pain free to fit to living the life that they want to live right and be able to be with them to that entire journey and even from a business structure to be able to chronicle that journey and leverage that into a marketing tool i mean i can't imagine a better a better tool you know for you to to grow your clinic even yeah and uh, i always tell people you know we had people that came into our gym that were not members of the or were not patients in the clinic but after 11 months we didn't have anybody that was not had not at least been seen one or two times in the clinic you know they tweaked their knee a little bit they tweaked their shoulder they're already there on site so why not just go right into your clinic so it builds that side and the clinic certainly feeds the gym it's perfect yeah Yep, so, 100%. so I know we're, we're rallying the troops here. Everybody's excited and they're thinking, okay, I got to do this. It's a no brainer. Rick Mayo, <laughs> the, the godfather of fitness has told me, uh, well, I guess, I don't know. Are you the godfather? Are you uh, next in line behind Plummer? I'm not sure. Like he's the, he's the Don, right? Well, well, he's older. So he would be more like uh, Moses and I would be more <laughs> like, <laughs> and I I'll hope he sure. listens and hears that. Oh yeah. So I, I'm going to make sure. Moses of fitness or. Yeah, I'll He's send like this to him. Uh, years old by now, so yeah, of course. Right, I saw his first training program for his clients. <laughs> it was chiseled into stone. You know, when you said <laughs> right, it was on a stone tablet. <laughs> that's right. Your clients or your your trainers were using an iPad tablet, but his were actually using a stone tablet. You know. <laughs> oh, we're gonna pay for this. I can just I can see it now. But yeah, it's um. Listen, it doesn't. I, I just appreciate being mentioned in the same sentence. So, so thanks for for whatever that was. No <laughs> Godfather problem. or not. Yeah. So let me ask you a couple of questions uh, uh, again. Rick has done an excellent job for those of you listening of building a literally business in a box, plug and play system of how to do this. And and if you're interested, we'll certainly put contact information in our show notes. But. I want to ask you a couple questions that I get a lot that people are kind of intimidated about a couple big steps in this process. So if you wouldn't mind giving us the expertise that you've developed over years and years and years. Number one, if somebody is looking to hire a trainer that can service their clients at this high level, what would you... uh, what would you suggest be their first couple steps in finding that person? Yeah, so there's there's two main, I mean, you can, let's start with the basics, right? You can run an ad for trainers and people, you know, will always say, oh, it's so hard to find good help, but we don't find that to be true at all. So we have had to run ads before for trainers. We've had the most success with a website called Indeed as of late. Um, and I would just say, make your ad for personal training compelling. You know, write it somewhere along the lines of, hey, listen, if you've, if you've worked in a conventional health club setting before and, uh, you know, blah, 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 this is not the job for you, right? So give them that takeaway and make sure you align it at something completely unique. Like we care about our folks. We've got technical programming, this and that. So just trying to make it feel like it's different and don't make it a stale ad, right? Um, But I would say based on the crowd that we're speaking to, and this is something that we've done well, is try to develop an internship program. So we are an accredited intern provider with three local colleges, which gives us five to 10 interns, you know, every semester that could be potential coaches long-term. I know that's a long play, but that's not a bad feeder system as your business grows over time. Yeah, so you, even if you intern, brought them in, 
Yeah. Intern is an old Latin term for employees who don't require pay, right? <laughs> exactly. If, they, if it's an accredited intern, we give them a little stipend for some lunch money, but that's about it. But yeah, that, that's been a really great resource for us over time. Um, and also, if you control your product, so we're big proponents of saying, listen, control your product, meaning you write your own programming or find someone to do that. If you can find that one technical person that can host those weekly meetings, whether that's you or someone on your team, that's the pivotal person in, in the health club side or the fitness side of your business. Then everyone else that you hire from that point on, they don't have to be that technical. I will tell you 100% of the time, hire the athlete, teach the skills. Meaning if I hire someone who looks the part, who has great interpersonal skills, quite honestly, just someone that you would like to have a beer with after the workout. If you have that person, you're 99% there because we found that we can teach the X's and O's to nearly anyone. They can get a nationally accredited cert without a degree if they don't have one, and then you're off and running. So if you're more biased towards therapy and you're looking for something on paper that looks a little better, sure, I get it. I'm just telling you that there are lots of great folks out there that might be, sounds silly, but they might be waiting on your table at the local restaurant. They have amazing interpersonal skills and you just have them run your play and you're good to go. And that's been our experience over 25 years. So yeah, I, I would that helps. I know I, you can kind of, I don't have as much, I don't have as much experience as you. And we certainly combined don't have as much experience as plumber. I mean, he's, he trained Jesus for his first go round on earth, but um, <laughs> so I would a hundred percent agree. Like you want to hire for those soft skills in my experience, hire for those soft skills because most trainers don't, I, 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 I really feel strongly about this. Most trainers have never been approached as playing a large role in this model. And so if you go to that trainer, that's just really good at patient communication, you can see they care about people and you say, Rick, I, I'm building this integrated clinic and gym and I need somebody who can be a big part of this. Are you interested in that? That conversation has never occurred with most trainers, right? Correct. And, and I think you can yep. get, when you see the twinkle in their eyes, that's a good sign that this is the person that you want. And we can find the training programs to teach them, whether that's Alloy or anyone else, we can find those and we want them to use our model, not use their model. Like we are developing our own product here that's going to keep people from being injured long-term. And so they need to be running that. But when that person is, you can't teach communication skills, you can't teach caring, you can't teach those things, but you can teach training models super easily. And I think we, we're 100% agreement there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you articulated it much better than me. Just hire the right person. Again, hire the athlete, teach the skill, right? The, the athlete part, the um, intangibles that can't be learned are exactly what you said. Interpersonal skills, uh, dedication, passion, those things can't be learned, but the rest of it can. So yeah. Don't be shy of the person that doesn't look great on paper, but it's just amazing with people. You just need systems and you need to own your products so that you know that they're just running your play. And once you get there, I mean, it opens up an entirely different um, cast of folks that could be potential hires for you. Right. And I think that that's one, um, going back to that ad idea, if you have to run an ad, put in there that, hey, you're playing a large role in a medical a medical or a therapy clinic, not just you're, you're doing workouts. Um, now, Along those lines, so if they're hiring somebody, and let's say that they're starting out, they, they got the 1,500 square feet, but they don't have a full boat of members, right? And they're, they only have a few hours a day that they have classes. Early on, what would you pay that person? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, we always equate, it, it's a business, right, at the end of the day, which is why you had me on here in the first place. So if you owned a grocery store and you wanted to sell a 
a product, you would have to put that product on the shelf. And I think you think of the, the training payroll a lot in the same way. So yes, you might be running a lean schedule at first, but you are going to need some bandwidth to help you grow that side of the business. So I would suggest if it's possible bringing someone on in at least a hefty part-time capacity and giving them some guaranteed pay. You're not going to get anyone worth you know, their salt if, if, they, uh, you know, if you're just saying, well, I'll just pay you for the two hours that I have in the morning. And that's it, you know, but hang in there because someday we're going to align really well and we're going to blow this thing up. It's not going to work that way. So you're going to have to bite the bullet, um, put it into your business plan and say, listen, I'm going to put this product on the shelf, which is this trainer slash director eventually. And uh, I'm going to put them on the schedule for all of the groups. And then I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to eat that cost until I can backfill you know, this, uh, this club with revenue. Yeah. And and, and, that can be a tough pill to swallow, but it's the right way to do it because we've seen it done every other way and it doesn't work. Hey, it's Dr. Josh. We'll be right back with the rest of our interview with Rick Mayo after this. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit clinicgymhybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's clinicgymhybrid.com. The best marketing you can do internally is when you have a client, if your trainer is there on site and I can just walk that person over and go, Mr. Mayo, this is our, our head trainer, Chris. Chris is excellent with uh, people who are you know, going through back pain. And at, at the end of this, I'm hoping that you're working with Chris and you're not needing treatment from me. So, and then Chris, you know, the head trainer introduces himself to, to Mr. Mayo. They, you know, and, and they just form a little relationship. We're not talking about commitment here, just a little relationship. And then I start treating that person in the clinic. Now, what I did is I demonstrated, hey, this doesn't end with, you know, everybody's always nervous about chiropractors needing, you know, treating, treating you for eternity. And we just clearly identified that's not going to happen. Uh, Chris is clear on the next, I'm sorry, Mr. Mayo's clear on the next step. And now every time he walks in, if Chris waves to him and goes, hey, hey, Mr. Mayo, hey, Rick, how you doing? That when it comes to the time to sell that, session or that membership, it is the barrier is so much lower. It's so easy, but that only works. Like you're saying, if that person is on site for hours, maybe they're not even coaching classes. They're just there. Maybe they're doing a little rehab, but at least they're there and it's worth that early investment of money. And yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up, Rick. Yeah. And it's, it will, you know, and we know that because we've, we've walked so many people through that stage and it's always a sticking point. You know, can I just have someone just come in and cover the sessions? But I flipped the script on the scenario that you just walked me through. So imagine the patient comes in, you walk through and there's no one in the, in the health facility area. And you say, oh yeah, we have these trainers and coaches, you know, I'll have this person call you at some point to discuss you know, what you guys might be able to do after your treatment, because, you know, we're not going to treat you forever. We're going to make you better. And it is not in any way, shape or form the same process or feel for the customer as them being able to meet someone that's there. So again, that's that product on the shelf that you can't sell if it's not on the shelf. So you just have to bite the bullet. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Now, so you, you absorb that, that early cost and you're going to make it back a hundredfold. Um, and then what about long-term? If you truly have a professional trainer, somebody that's really helping you along the way, and my goal with everybody here is that, you know, our mission statement says at the end of it, 
without you working more hours. So it's important to me that clinicians aren't increasing their pay by just working more hours because that gets old quick. I'm sure you've seen that in the gym setting. But when you get to that point, when you have a trainer who's playing a large role in your business, at that point, what do you think it's worth paying them? Well, it really depends on the market. So when you're going to build a comp model, you have to start with your revenue model first. Right. And so there's some rules, if you will, around percentages. Um, but I, let's just use my market as an example. So, you know, we're going to average around $50 per session for that small group setting. And we'll have four to six in a session. So you guys can do the math on that. We're paying, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of $25 to $30 an hour for a full time coach. And when I say full time, we're giving them guaranteed hours and guaranteed shifts. They're trying to keep them off of that crazy split shift where they, work in the morning and come back and work in the evening and things like that. And so in doing so, you know, those, those rates, hourly rates add up. If you were paying a salary, or if you're guaranteeing them hours, you're going to have them somewhere in that 50 to $60,000 a year, um, you know, cost. But at the revenue, the number of clients that someone can see in that four to six setting and the amount of revenue that they can produce and drive and service, um, it's well worth it. You know, your margins will still be ridiculous on that expense. And at that pay, you're still able to offer them, you know, if you choose full benefits, tax deferred retirement, paid time off. I mean, those are all the things that we do so that we can attract a real, a really good candidate at a, at a pay rate that still allows me to drive a high percentage of profit. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I'm sure that there's some people listening thinking that's a hard pill to swallow because they're coming out of healthcare and, you know, insurance repayments have been going down, down, down. But if you think about the kind of employer you want to be. You want to be doing that weekly coaching session where you're leading your team and letting them lead you. You want to be hiring professionals and not just guys that are showing up in board shorts and flip-flops, you know, for a couple hours here and there. We're looking at a different model and it comes at a very big reward. It comes with a very big reward. So if you have this 1500 square foot small group training facility, Rick, and it's being populated by, uh, you know, referrals from a clinic and whatnot, and that's ongoing and everybody's happy and we're providing great service. Can you give some people some, what kind of revenue do you think would be possible with just that 1500 square feet if they did things pretty well? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, I can speak to this directly because we like the model so much that in September of last year, we opened a standalone, a new brick and mortar standalone model. That's exactly that. It's entirely dedicated to that four to six person small group setting. It's 1,500 square feet. Now, mind you, we didn't have any patients or anything to put. We were literally starting from scratch, right? So our, our price points are pretty low in this, in this particular market that we put it in. So that one, two, three times a week that I described, are priced at $199 for one time a week, right? So four times a month. We go to $249 for eight times, which is a great price, and then $299 for unlimited. So we keep it really simple. And we're training six people at a time. So and we're only we only have one coach on shift. So we wanted to be very conservative in our in our performance. So we said, all right, let's say that we had a top line of 100 customers. Right. Certainly we could build from zero to 100 in a relatively short period of time, which we did. So we're sitting at 100 customers, maybe a bit more. Average price point is somewhere between the 249 and the 299, so around 279. Right. So we're at about 28K a month in revenue. And once we're up to speed, let's say this theoretical max of 100 people, um, we're having a hard time with a 
trainer on a $50,000 a year salary and a part-time trainer to help out to cover some of the shifts, you know, getting the expenses, even with heavy marketing beyond around, you know, 15 to $16,000 per month. So we're netting um, in that facility 10, 12, and, and probably could do even better than that upcoming once we're back off of our marketing a little bit, once we're essentially full. So imagine a 50% net, that's really the the goal on, you know, twenty-eight dollars to $30,000 a month in revenue. So if you could do another twelve to fifteen grand a month in net revenue out of a 1,500 square foot space with two coaches and not really having to do anything, I mean, honestly, I've only been in there twice and it's been open a year. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not proud of that, but I'm busy. So <laughs> I love to have a business that earns that, that I've never even stepped in. I've got a great guy there. And uh, we're doing really well with it. So those are real metrics from a facility in Atlanta that we just opened last year does a proof of concept. So we didn't even have a patient base that we could market to, right? I mean, we started from just cold. So, and those are low price points. So that's what can be done. um, If you guys want to make another 12 to 15 grand a month and essentially passive revenue, it's a great way to do it. And again, it's, it's that recurring revenue, right? It's, it's not hunting down another 12 to 15 of, of hopefully I get this. And you know, if Mr. Jones shows up or it's a PI case where you're the attorney owes you a check for, you know, 28 months. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. That's incredible. So what's interesting, and I want everybody to kind of think about this too. You said you're trying to get it to a hundred customers roughly. So I just did some quick math. Most of the chiropractors I know are getting between 30 and 40 new patients a month. All right. So if you could just figure for easy math, 40 patients, 40 new patients a month. And if you could just close 10% of that, that's four new gym members a month. Well, in half a year and six months, basically you get to that hundred customer mark without any internal referrals, without any external marketing, you know, and I, and from my experience, closing one out of 10 new patients into the, into a gym was not difficult. It was not difficult at all. Yeah. I mean, from a, from a, a business structure and a marketing standpoint, to have that kind of flow of foot traffic into a facility um, would be amazing because a lot of that expense model that I talked about came in, in the form of marketing, right? Because we're starting out from scratch as a brick and mortar with no ancillary services and no foot traffic whatsoever. So to start cold and to be able to get to break even in five to six months in a clinic setting where you've got that much flow or foot traffic, you know, I didn't know that metric. That's really good to know that, yeah, it's, it would be very easy. You could certainly get there a lot quicker. Yeah, that's great. Well, wow. You really provided a ton of value here, Rick. Now, uh, another question that I get a lot is, and I think I know the answer, but I'll ask anyway, should these trainers be employees or contractors? Yeah, 100% employees. There is almost no scenario that the government will allow you to claim someone to be a 1099 contractor. And, and here's some examples. If, if they wear your branded shirt by law, they are not an independent contractor, right? If you ask them to run your play, which we talked about owning your product, which means you own your own programming so that you can hire the, you know, uh, sort of person with high emotional intelligence that might not be that technical, only way to do that is to have them run your program. If you ask them to run your program by law, they are not a contractor. So I could give you the laundry list of, of reasons, but, and there's all kinds of litigation and, and lawsuits that have already set precedents that have been settled in favor of independent contractors. Um, you know, that they were not independent contractors and that's with big health club chain. So you just can't do it. The answer is no, 
don't do it. You can't do contractors. There's also, so I don't a, know how else to put it or sugarcoat it. It's, yeah. You can't do it. There's also a psychological reason. And I've hired contractors for jobs. I've been a contractor for a company and there's never that feeling of team effort. There's never a feeling that we're in this together. It's even if they're there all the time and working, it still feels like we're all divided and out on our own Island. And when you can overcome that feeling, what your team will produce is absolutely incredible. I, I know you've experienced yeah, that, right? And those are the, well, yeah, I mean, we had contractors early on for the first eight or so years of our business. And we had that, you know, someone leaves and it's their business. They're running a business within your business. But honestly, Josh, at this point, the, all those conversations are a moot point because the, the, the answer is no, don't do it. You can't do it. So like, whereas in the past, it was a choice where you could go one or the other. We would speak to the cultural differences and, you know, the, the maintaining your clientele and those type of things. The answer these days is you just, you just aren't allowed to do it. So by law, you're exposing yourself big time by trying to bring contractors in. And, and yeah, 100%, the culture and all those things are different, but it's a moot point these days because you shouldn't do it anyway. All right, well, that's a negative point anytime we bring the IRS into the situation. So let's go to some positives here. I know that you have, uh, you have wrung out all the value you can from, from very basic stuff. And a lot of people think that to charge more money, they're under the assumption that you need, you know, the high-tech equipment or you need more equipment or you need certain equipment. And you are somebody that said, no, 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 at this small group, high service level, what the client is looking for is much different. Can you give everybody maybe three tips of how to increase their monthly revenue that have nothing to do with equipment or space or paint on the walls? I'm going more like Rick Mayo's famous for body language and, and, and that kind of stuff here. <laughs> well, well, sure. I mean, it's, I mean, you're talking about in the clinic setting, right? Without, uh, without more equipment. Are you talking about in the gym setting? Let's say it's a gym. So they have their gym operating and they want to yep. uh, start raising up the value and, and therefore, and also get a return on that price and start inching that price up. What would you suggest that they do? Yeah. So obviously control the customer experience, right? Because these days, as much as we love our programming and we think it's like this ninja level way to, to program for individuals, and it is great, don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to lie and say that there's not other great programming out there. So I think this day and age, it's sort of an empty claim to say like, oh, we have the best programming, you know? Well, the, the end user, the consumer doesn't understand the difference between that and an ad they might get from say an Orange Theory, right? That says, hey, we burn a thousand calories now, we have the greatest programming. I mean, it's sort of this nebulous claim these days. We have great programming. Yeah, when you start using the word programming, they're like, I, I didn't know you were a computer shop. You know, it's like you're off well, the off Well, base. yeah, our workouts, you know, we have the best workouts. It's kind of an empty claim these days. Everyone is saying that. So really, the way to offer this premium service and to, and to, is to operationalize the, you know, the, the customer experience. And the customer experience goes back to, can you operationalize the soft touch things, right? So examples in our club, that's our big initiative in our mothership original facility for 2018 to enhance the customer experience. So we're going back to some of the old school things like you mentioned. So we're starting out with, you know, implementing the three foot rule again, which is a real basic rule that says if you walk within three feet of someone in the facility, you either address them by name and touch them, not creepily, but you know, like on the arm or whatever. Or if you don't know them and you walk within three feet, you have to extend your hand and introduce yourself. And that is a rule. And so we will, that's sort of the difference you guys between a lagging number saying, hey, we want our retention rate to be blank. So we want to retain this many clients this year. And then there's a leading number that you'll measure. So the leading is what is the behavior, right? 
the action step that's going to lead to a positive lagging number. That's what's already happened, obviously, it's lagging. So that leading number would be, okay, can we implement the three-foot rule 90% of the time? And then I'll let my team decide how they're going to gamify and score that. So they create some crazy, wacky scoreboard in the back. And at the end of each shift, each coach does a self-assessment of themselves and the team as to whether or not they adhere to the three-foot rule 90% of the time. And we'll do that for, say, three months, and then we'll move on to body language is another one that you mentioned. So we'll work on the common body languages of coaches that are faux pas, and then we'll work on the really good body languages, and then we'll chase that metric, right? All knowing that those things are going to bring a better customer experience, which is going to allow us to continue to charge a premium rate and train six people at 50 bucks an hour, you know, do $300 hours all day long. So there's a way, those things are really, really important. And those are bigger differentiators these days than saying, I've got this in, you know, like we have an in-body body fat scale. What's well, 11 grand? It's neat. It's techie. No one really cares, honestly. Like they only care if we tell them it's cool, right? But if we didn't have it, we'd be just as successful. So those tech things are great. But I will tell you that customer experience around your cool tech stuff is more important and you can systemize that stuff. That's awesome. Well, I think this is, is great information. And, and I mean, Rick, I got to say thank you. You provided so much for our listeners today. You just broke it down real easy. So, you know, there's so much gold here. I hope everybody picked up on it. Now, Rick, if, if they uh, fell in love with you in this episode and they really want to kind of consummate their relationship, how can they get a hold of you? <laughs> Sounds interesting. You can reach me at teamalloy.com. So just reach out to teamalloy.com. We have a contact form there. Let me know you listen to the podcast. If you want to jump on a quick call, I'd love to talk shop with you and I'll help you any way that I can. Fantastic. So thanks a lot. We'll put that website in the show notes again. It's teamalloy.com. And also, Rick, are you going out in the Perform Better Tour this year? I am. So I will be at all the Perform Better Summit this year. As well, I think I have 20 different speaking engagements this year. So I will put those up. I have another site um, for me personally that I'll pass along to you guys once you get to me through Team Alloy. And I'll have my whole speaking schedule up there. So if you have a chance to get out to an event this guy uh, this year and I'm speaking, make sure that you come and introduce yourself because I'd love to meet you guys. Fantastic. Well, Rick, I, I can't say thanks enough. Uh, you certainly taught me uh, many, many things over the last five years. And today on this call, I feel like it's, it's even been more crystallized uh, in my mind. So I want to say thank you. And to our listeners, reach out to Rick. His team's amazing. He's amazing. Obviously, that was just a taste of what they can bring. Uh, I think that adding a gym to your clinic, like Rick said, is just a no-brainer and it's going to help you achieve a different level in life. So, Rick, uh, any parting inspirational words you have for everybody before we close this out? No, I think you touched on it, Josh. I, I think there's no reason not to do it. Um, I think it can change your life. It will be a huge financial boon and it'll be good for your patients as well. So no reason not to do it. And uh, appreciate your time today, guys. And Josh, thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you, Rick. All right. This is Dr. Josh Satterley for Rick Mayo saying, go maximize your license. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.